Hi, I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. Haven't done a music one in a while. Going to talk about the Blu-ray, Pink Floyd's Delicate Sound of Thunder. The short version of this review, buy this thing. If you're a Pink Floyd fan, buy it. Be done. There you go. Now, this is of the Blu-ray, not of the CDs. I did not pick up the giant box set on this one because I just I'm, it was way too pricey. Not to get off on a tangent, but people that buy CDs pretty much want CDs. People that buy albums pretty much albums, pretty much pretty much want albums. I don't think we need both in box sets. I, I am fine with a vinyl version of a box set and a CD version of a box set, and never the two shall meet. But putting both in a box set makes it cost prohibitive for either side. Vinyl is horribly expensive these days, and the box set for all their later year stuff was extravagant to say the least compared to the other box sets I have of the Pink Floyd albums that have come out so far. And where's Animals? Well, that's been in the news lately, and I guess we're finally getting it because they're talking about it. But Delicate Sound of Thunder was released on home video back in the day. It was released on CD back in the day in 1988, in November of 1988. I saw this tour twice. It was filmed over five nights at the Nassau Coliseum on Long Island in August of 1988. They mixed it in September, and it was out by November. This was regularly played in my house, the audio and the video, just for years. This was... Anybody comes over and we want to sit down and just put on some music, whatever, we usually put on this. The visuals were great. The sound was great. It was surround sound. Pink Floyd, one of the only bands I've ever seen that tours with surround sound PA. Whether I saw them indoor at the Omni in Atlanta, which no longer exists, or I saw them outdoor in the many stadiums I saw them in, they would always have surround sound. Yes, even in the stadiums. It was massive. It was impressive. And it really worked. The Pink Floyd... I saw the band five times on their last couple of tours, um, two in this area and then three along with the next album cycle release. This is my favorite. Not that I didn't like this, the next, but with Pulse, they performed Dark Side of the Moon all the way through, which took up some of the time. Um, and there was a reason for that, and I'm glad they did it, and I'm glad it's available. Also, Pulse was released on video, was filmed on videotape. So it's had a DVD release like a decade ago. I don't know that it will ever get a Blu-ray release because, well, I don't think there's any high-definition parts to scan. I think it was all put on videotape at low resolution, and that's the best we're going to get is that DVD that came out. But on the flip side, Delicate Sound of Thunder was filmed on 35mm film, like a movie. (laughs) And so they remixed it, restored it, and reissued it in December of 2019 on that giant box that I was talking about, and then in November of the past year, just you could buy just the CDs, just the Blu-ray, or the Blu-ray and CDs. And it's literally cheaper to buy the Blu-ray separately and then the CDs separately than buy the box set that had the Blu-ray and the CDs in it. Because you also got a DVD and you also got some other swag, but it was much cheaper. And to be perfectly honest, Pink Floyd is not one of those bands I listen to live albums of or I'm hankering to listen to. It's not that they're not a good live band. They always were. When they were just a few guys on stage and these mammoth tours that happened later, the sound quality was always great. There were good renditions of the songs. The, the, The main guys sound fabulous. It's just when I listen to a Pink Floyd album, I want to listen to that specific album. I don't usually listen to a Greatest Hits. I don't usually listen to a live album. It's just, they're just one of those bands I don't do that with. 
I, I'm in a mood for animals. I'm in a mood for wish you were here. I'm in a mood for dark side. That's what I do. I don't go, wow, I just want to hear a whole bunch of their, my favorite songs by them. They're just not that kind of band for me personally. I know they are for other people. And they do have a collection of great dance songs and a few greatest hits and whatever out there. And I have them in the collection, but I, I honestly, I don't understand playing Pink Floyd songs off different albums. I, you know, they were always an album band for me. And it was always a dream that I would ever get to see them live. And here I was in college and, and my friend from high school got a seventh row tickets for uh, this tour. Uh, at the beginning, very beginning, they were doing indoor arenas. And that's kind of what they did on both tours. They would start out and do several months of indoor, smaller, more theatrical things. And then the second half or the next leg of the tour would be stadiums for the rest of the year. And so I was able to see this show both indoors in a 15, 18,000 seat arena and outside at a big stadium. And then the next tour I saw twice indoors and twice outside or once inside and twice outside, two different stadium shows. Yeah. So Pink Floyd, five times in my life. They're one of my all-time favorite bands. Why didn't I get this when it first came out? Well, like I said, the later years box set from 87 to 2019 was a massive $400 affair, however much it cost. And that's just, I, I love this band, but I don't need all the stuff that came in it. I really need like, you know, the albums, which I already have, uh, remastered versions, and in some cases, surround sound versions. So anyway, I did buy all the other Pink Floyd box sets, just so you know. And uh, even, the, uh, I don't know why we didn't get a surround sound disc in the wall, but that's a whole nother thing. So Delicate Sound of Thunder um, finally went on sale a few months ago. I didn't pick it up in November. Because I, I, I have this concert like ingrained in my DNA. I've watched the video many times. I saw it with my own eyes a couple of times. You know, I, I'm very well aware of what's here. So I took my time and I didn't really read reviews of it. I knew I would get it one day. I just, and so they eventually released that single version and Amazon put it on sale. And I'm like, okay, well, I have to, and I'm in the mood. So it comes in and I look at it. And go, okay, this looks like, you know, it looks like the set list and everything. And I put it in. This is not the same Delicate Sound of Thunder that was out on VHS. And I know if you read the fine print, um, they shot five days of footage and made the Delicate Sound of Thunder back in 1988. And they did it very quickly. They had time. And they had all these cans of footage. They restored all the footage. They found what they wanted I noticed in watching it, some of the performances are slightly different. I noticed, especially towards the beginning, some of the sax solos are different because, well, you can tell on improvised stuff because especially if you've listened to something quite a bit, um, you know, <laughs> you know. And so there are going to be those people who talk badly about it because it's, it's not the delicate sound of thunder that they used to own on VHS, but it's amazing, kids. It's, it's truly spectacular. And what do I like about it? The band is on. It was a good night, or five nights, I guess, where they pulled the footage. I wonder if the guys wear the same clothes every night. I know, famous story, uh, Sting in the Synchronicity Live video, because they used it uh, when they made the Synchronicity 2 Live video, Sting wore two different jackets uh, the two nights they played Atlanta, and they were filming both nights. And Godley and Cream directed the video, if you remember them, and they switched back and forth in the video between the two different versions of Sting on the two different nights during the song, and it's weird because he's like in the jacket, different jacket, different jacket, different, you know, and it's kind of, you know, kind of give you epilepsy there or whatever. But um, 
it was an interesting thing. So I know that bands, especially when they film over multiple nights, they tend to wear the same clothes so it looks the same. And I know some bands on tour wear, quote unquote, uniforms. And I think that's, you know, that is what it is as well. But the band was on. The performances are good. It's good renditions of the songs where people take solos, whether it be David Gilmore or Guy or whoever. You know, the sax solos are good. The, the keyboard solos, the guitar solos are obviously stellar. David Gilmore is, if not my favorite guitarist, one of my top three. I just love the way the guy plays. His notes speak to me when he plays, no matter what he plays. There are some tracks on his later solo albums that I don't like as much. I think, you know, he was experimenting and whatever, and I think that's great. But the guitar playing always wows me. And he, he can do more with one note than most do with a hundred. I just, he, there's so much emotion and soul in what he plays. Love that. And so I go back to Pink Floyd time and time again, more for the guitar than anything else. I do like the songs, even the dark ones. I do like the spaciness of it and the weirdness of it and the jamminess of like animals and things like that. But all in all, Pink Floyd is a unique progressive rock band in the annals of history, and they hold up well. Solo stuff aside, and I'm not going to get into the Waters-Gilmore uh, battle, but I remember what happened at this time, you know, when they finally had to settle the lawsuit so they could tour. And it was Waters who stuck the, the knife in, who put the divide in the band, who... While they were making the wall and the final cut, you know, people were leaving the band and having to come back being paid as outside musicians. If that doesn't tell you anything, and when you see three members of a band and the fourth one is not with them, who's the problem? These three can get along, at least for business. And they did on two albums, multiple tours. And so now there's a whole thing with Roger Waters coming out that uh, David Gilmore is not approving liner notes for the Animals release. We don't know why there hasn't been an Animals box set that they skipped right over that one when they were releasing all those immersion box sets of Dark Side of the Moon, Wish We Were Here, and then The Wall. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, hello. What about Animals? I also read recently there may not be a surround sound mix, which would be very, very sad. I, I really love Animals, but I'm getting off topic. I... I I don't weigh into the Waters Gilmore thing anymore. It's I'm Gilmore, Team Gilmore all the way. I he's always been a gentleman. He's always been dead on. He's his solo albums are much better than anything Roger Waters put out solo. I'm sorry. I know Waters fans love his albums. I don't find any of them good. Not one. Even the pros and cons of Hitchhiking was pretty weak. But I do love everything he did with Pink Floyd, at least for the most part. I mean, he was the weirdest stuff on Omagama, for sure. He is why some of their stuff is that weird. I will give you that. But part of being in a band is being able to work together as a business. If you haven't seen some kind of monster with Metallica, that can show you a lot about what goes on with a band that we don't think about as fans. It's not always easy to work with somebody, especially when there's like pressure of like deadlines, millions of dollars, record companies, people you owe, whatever. So the art of making music also collides with the business of making music, and sometimes it's that tears bands apart, unfortunately. It, sometimes it's other things. I think, knowing what I know about Pink Floyd, the history of Pink Floyd, what they represented on their albums and tours, that it was part of the rock-style lifestyle that made Roger Waters who he is today, why he changed in those years, why some of the songs on Animals were written the way they were and talked about the things they talked about and the wall, and so on and so forth. But the last thing I will say about the split is, to me, 
it was a pretty easy choice to make. I like the post-Waters output of Pink Floyd and David Gilmour. I'm not a fan of the Roger Waters post-output of albums. Now, I saw the Wall Tour, and I thought it was fabulous. I thought he put a great band together and the great versions of it, but it wasn't Pink Floyd. It was Roger Waters doing the Wall. I can separate those two. I would like to have a Blu-ray or 4K release of The Wall. I would like a Blu-ray or 4K release of of, um, Live at Pompeii. And I will be a happy camper as far as Pink Floyd goes. And and I do want that that Animals box set. And then I'm good because there really isn't anything else they've talked about. There's not all this unreleased music. That kind of came out on the last Pink Floyd album. There was some stuff they had been working on when Richard Wright passed away. And they finished that up and released that last album, which is a, a nice, mellow, laid-back affair and kind of a nice endpoint to the Pink Floyd career. And David Gilmore still making music, so there's that. And it'll be interesting if Roger Waters makes any more music. They obviously will not work again together. Even trying to get the Animals box set out for the last few years has been difficult. I don't know how much Roger Waters will do as far as new music because his last few tours have been just, you know, retrospectives of his greatest hits, kind of. But anyway, Delicate Sound of Thunder needs to be in your collection if you're a fan of Pink Floyd, you're a fan of music. I just think it's a great... It it, it was a great concert tour, and you can say all those things about a corporate band that had to get guest musicians to fill out the sound and all that. Look, this was the beginning of those concert tours that were epic and amazing, that, that... we kind of take for granted now in stadiums. But back then, you know, if the Stones played a stadium, it was a pretty bare-bones affair, and then Pink Floyd comes along, and they bring surround sound and lasers and exploding beds and and balloons and flying things, and it, it was a major spectacle, both inside and outdoor. So this Blu-ray, they have gone back to all that original footage they shot over the five nights some of the shots look exactly the same as i remember on the old videos a lot of them don't most of the performances sound like the performances on the original video a few of them don't and i am 100 percent fine with it the takes are longer this wasn't edited for like the mtv generation so there's a lot more sweeping shots longer shots lingering on shots I like that better, and especially a Pink Floyd concert, because nothing, especially in some of the mellower songs, there's not a whole lot going on, so please linger on his fingers playing the guitar or the drummer doing a cool fill or whatever. It does have a nice musical direction for a concert video. They will. I hate concert videos where they cut away from the guitar player when he's about to do a solo, or they cut away from the drummer when he's about to do some incredible fill. Some of the early Rush concerts were filmed by people who obviously weren't Rush fans because they would cut away from Neil when he was going to do something really impressive. Or they would cut away from Getty when he was going to do something really impressive. This one kind of does linger on the performances, and not that Pink Floyd does anything technically amazing, but... To have this all come off as a song with this many people on stage and the fact that a lot of these are classics, favorites that we all love and they come out sounding as good as they do, that it comes together in an audio-visual light show with a great sounds, you know, sound, it's just a great concert experience even if you're not a huge Pink Floyd fan. And I will tell you this, my stepfather years ago was driving to see me in the town I was going to college in, and he and my mom listened to NPR where Alan Parsons was commenting on that whole thing about you could sync up Dark Side of the Moon with Wizard of Oz, which, as it turns out, is a, is a college thing. And no, they didn't actually. They didn't have a, there were no such thing as teleprompters in a, in a recording studio back in the early 70s that they could watch the film, that kind of thing. So long and the short of it is, 
my stepdad had never listened to Pink Floyd because he figured they were one of those loud, heavy bands. And so he's listening to this Dark Side of the Moon and he's going, this is beautiful music. This is, is this Pink Floyd guy good? Is all this stuff good? <laughs> and so I got my stepdad into Pink Floyd and my father had been into to Pink Floyd as well. The wall was still, the vinyl was still on the turntable when my dad passed away. And I hadn't lived there in years. So what does that tell you? But when Pulse came out on DVD years ago, I remember Charlie made me get him a copy of it. I even got him the Best Buy gave us posters if you pre-ordered it or whatever. So I got him a poster too. And he he watched that thing a lot. So Pink Floyd does appeal to people uh, outside of the typical progressive rock genre. Uh, and they always have. The Midnight movies have always done well. Pompeii and the Wall did well for a long time. Pink Floyd sold gazillions of albums for a reason because they reach a lot of people and a lot of people are impacted by their music. And I think Delicate Sound of Thunder is a great testament of what they were doing towards the end. Towards the, you know, yes, not all original members were there, but if you like this version of the band and these songs, it is a great document of a tour. The remastering is spectacular. It looks phenomenal. I wish it had gotten a 4K release. I'm assuming that they did all this in the 4K spectrum and then, uh, you know, rezzed it down. I don't know. It would be nice. Sony, come on. You guys help make these formats you've got several concerts out there now that have been filmed in 4k you can release them in 4k that'd be great but pink floyd delicate sound of thunder the new blu-ray gets my highest recommendation as far as concert videos go it is up there like uh, last year's or two years ago stephen wilson's um live at the royal Albert hall i think is one of the best blu-ray concert releases of all time it's a great video shot by someone who is a fan of music and making movies and stuff uh the audio mix is great the collection of tunes it's just all around a great video this one wow night doesn't look like 1988 other than the fact that you know these guys are a bit older now it sounds fantastic Gets my highest recommendations. I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan, so take that with a grain of salt, but I can't see anybody really hating this release. It's great. Maybe a little bit different than the original, but it's really great. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. Check out Pink Floyd's Delicate Sound of Thunder and get a flashback to what this band was. Wow. Love me some David Gilmore. My website is therockfile.com. Please like, share, subscribe, and thank you so much for listening. (laughs) 